Hey friends, welcome to Anchored In Always. I'm Katie Thornhill, and I've been through the storms of marriage infidelity, drug and alcohol addiction of a loved one, and even loss of a child to cancer. In this podcast, I will share with you how to place healthy boundaries in your relationships, how to recover from past hurts using the principles of Christian recovery, and how to find healing even in the loss of a loved one, so that you can live a life of joy and purpose despite your circumstances. If you're ready to find freedom and victory, then join me on a journey of soul restoration as we anchor into Jesus. So pull your hair back, strap on your boots, and grab your Bible, and let's weather this storm. Well, hey everyone, welcome back to Anchored In Always. Um, So today I have a special guest on my show. Um, Brenna, I just met actually recently. So she was, um, we invited her to celebrate recovery at Grace last week, and she shared her incredibly powerful testimony um, with us. And I knew instantly, as soon as I heard her testimony, I was like, this woman needs to be on the podcast. I know that so many of you listening are just going to be blessed by her story. And um, as I was, and as, as all the people that were there that night last week heard, um, God is just doing incredible things in her life. And so I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. And you're only going to be able to hear just a bit of it today. Um, but I'm going to leave all of her information in the show notes. So I know that you're going to want to, you're going to want to dig in and learn more about her and her powerful story. And she's got some exciting stuff coming that she might share with us today too. So with that, before we jump into the, all the good stuff here, Brenna, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to be here with us today. And if you could just share with the listener a little bit about yourself to get us started, that would be wonderful. Yes, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so blessed and honored to be able to be here. Um, like you said, my name is Brenna. I am presently living in Middle Tennessee. I've been here for uh, about 22 years. And coincidentally, I'm also a wife of 22 years. We just celebrated our 22nd wedding anniversary this past Friday. Um, I know <laughs> it's, been, it's been a journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a mother of two. I have a 15-year-old son and an almost nine-year-old daughter. Um, I've been practicing law for almost 22 years. So 22 is big. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so, um, I'm very active in our church, uh, in Nashville. Uh, we've been members for almost two years, uh, as well, but I'm on the worship team, a greeter. Um, I'm also an actor in the children's transformation station theater crew. Um, so we do a lot in our community and, um, just really enjoy being a part of our um, community group and just really anchored into our new church that we've just recently joined. Well, holy cow, I am tired <laughs> just listening to that, all of that. Like you sound like me. Um, people say that all the time, but how do you do all those things? And, um, and so that is just so awesome. I love that you have just a growing church family and the married for 22 years. Um, that's to be applauded these days, especially. So congratulations on that, especially when we hear your testimony, um, I hear a little bit about it today. Like, um, that's a miracle, you know, for, for uh, marriages to last some, through some of those things that you've been through. Um, and so speaking of that kind of segue into that, if you um, could share with the listener a little bit about some of your hurts, habits, and hangups, some of the things that kind of led you to where you are today. 
Yeah. So when I introduce myself at Celebrate Recovery, um, I typically say, you know, hi, I'm Brenna. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. And while God used alcohol to get me through those doors, I struggle with food issues, codependency, depression, anxiety, and I'm a survivor of sexual assault. Um, so, you know, I, I say that alcohol brought me through the doors, but I've discovered through treatment that I was an addict from age six or seven. Um, you know, I, I started, um, secret eating, lying about, um, how much I ate, what I ate, stealing money to, you know, buy food, candy and so forth at the, at the grocery store or the, um, at the like little stop and rob or whatever, um, when I was a kid. Mm. And so I, you know, I use that as a way to, um, deal with my emotions because I didn't know how to deal with my emotions. And as I grew older, um, I realized that I just, I craved more of everything. Mm. I couldn't, I couldn't just have, if, if a little of something was good, I wanted all of it mm. and, and, and nothing was satisfying me. Um, and so the more I've gotten into recovery, um, I've just realized that that, um, that desire to cannonball just all in and <laughs> heaven forbid anybody is standing on the edge of the pool. When I splash in, <laughs> they just, they, they kind of end up getting soaking wet. Um, you know, as a result, I overscheduled my family overcommitted myself, um, and, and poured from an empty cup for years. Um, and as a result, I was lonely. I was hurting, um, I turned to busyness, food, and alcohol as a way of coping with my hurts and disappointments, um, my resentments. And I never learned to properly have confrontations with people to discuss my feelings. Mm. I was fortunate that I learned to do that uh, when I was in treatment. But my codependency basically ended up having me put my needs in the trunk and my empathy was in the driver's seat. Um, which took me down a self-destructive path. Um, I poured and poured from that empty cup. And then I was so resentful that others didn't seem to do the same for me. They would take breaks and they would be rested. And I got resentful. So I would be passive aggressive. Um, I'd make hurtful or sarcastic comments and try to pass it off as just joking. Um, but those words would really sting and hurt. And, and that's not that's not my typical attitude. That's not my, my, what I felt like was my true nature. Um, because I am a loving person, but I just didn't know how to get past it because I couldn't, I couldn't express myself the way I wanted to without feeling like I was giving too much away. Um, you know, I couldn't, I just couldn't express that hurt without feeling like I was exposing myself. Mm -hmm. I couldn't trust anyone with that part of me. Um, and, and, you know, then I started feeling like I was giving of myself and look at me and look at all that I'm doing. And, and I should be acknowledged and praised for this seemingly altruistic behavior. But all the long, I wanted the glory. It wasn't altruism, but it was ego and selfishness. Um, but I didn't see it as that. 
And ultimately I, I figured out I had a heart problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and so God just was all along working on me. And, you know, looking back, I can see it now. Um, he connected the dots, but whew, I had a very, very sick, sick heart. Yes, that is, you know, um, just being um, in recovery myself and and leading recovery, uh, the ministry for the last three years, that is, is just amazing to me how common um, these issues are like, like they manifest differently in, in each other's lives, but there's always kind of that same core heart issue. And I think people for so long try to just treat the symptom. So I I drink alcohol and so I'm an alcoholic, so I need to stop drinking alcohol and that's sobriety, but that's not recovery. And, and it's because they haven't really done the work to find. So why do I numb with alcohol or food or sex or whatever? Why do I, why do I do the things that I do? Why do I keep pouring? Like you said, from an empty cup or using busyness or different things to Mm -hmm. self-medicate. And that's what I just truly love about celebrate recovery is how, you know, you, especially going through a step study, you can really dig down to the root of the problem and you stop trimming the same weeds over and over again, expecting a different result. And you start digging down and finding out what happened. Like, why do I respond this way every time? Why do I, why does this thing trigger me? Um, and I think it's just so beautiful that you do that messy, hard, painful, dirty work, but the result is growth and and, and, and health, you know, um, and it's like a garden, you know, you do all that dirty work and then pull all those weeds from the roots and not just trimming them. And the result is this beautiful, blooming, blossoming life and garden. And so it's just so beautiful to, to hear you say those things, like knowing what's to come, (laughs) knowing, (laughs) knowing where you've been. And I know what's to come. The listener does it, um, but it's so cool. So kind of segueing into that, like all those things that you shared, um, tell us what changed, you know, what, what did God, God do in your life to bring about some healing and change for you? <laughs> well, um, so I, like I said, I've been an attorney for almost 22 years. Um, and my job, my primary job during that time was a, a prosecutor. And so I prosecuted crimes in, in my jurisdiction and for the last eight years of that time, I uh, prosecuted the driving offenses, uh, the serious driving offenses. And I left that position in 2019. And that was really a, a very, very difficult time. And I didn't see it at the time. Um, but God used removing me from that position. Um, he was showing me what an idol I had created of that job and of that title in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't learn that lesson for two more years, but <laughs> the book discusses that. Um, I didn't, it's, it's really kind of funny because, you know, I was literally 47 years old when I realized that an idol could be something other than like a graven image. Like in my head, I was still that eight-year-old kid learning about the Tower of Babel or the golden calves. And I thought an idol was something, you know, like 
a golden calf out in the desert somewhere. I didn't think about it being a position or a title or, you know, something along those lines. But anyway, so, so God completely removed this thing that had taken over my life and really taken over his station in my life. Um, And that was the beginning of the true transformation in me. Um, But ultimately where he truly got my attention was I got a DUI in 2021 and I went to jail and when I was sitting in jail the night that I got arrested I contemplated ending my life that night and it wasn't the first time in my life that I had thought about that but I remembered that he had brought I had been brought to that point in my life before where I just almost felt like there was no hope, Mm. but I knew that God wouldn't bring me here to leave me here. There was something that was going to come out of it. That was good. There was something that he could use. Mm. There always was. And I started thinking even in my inebriated state that there were things in the past that he had used that were, you know, good that came out of terrible situations. And so I started thinking about my children and my family. And I started thinking that he would use even this horrible moment for his glory. And so far he has. And honestly, that was the turning point that that has truly been life-changing and altering for me and my family. So I went to treatment and I, I love seeking answers. I love connecting dots. I love those games. They're so self, they're satisfying. They're soothing to me (laughs) where you connect all the dots, they disappear and more dots come on. I like that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, And so you know, when I went to treatment, I originally was only going to be there 30 days, but because I wanted to find out more about my mental health aspect, I ended up staying 62, Mm -hmm. um, because I had never had therapy before. I had never, you know, questioned anything about my past and, and so forth. And so I started digging deeper and, and like you were talking about the step study, That was one of the things about CR that I loved so much. I had been in church all my life, but I was truly illiterate when it came to God's word. But I started reading more, like devouring God's Mm -hmm. word for the very first time in my life. And I understood it. It was like I could truly see and understand what he'd been trying to show me my whole life. Mm -hmm. And I had his vision. Like I could read his language and apply his teaching to me. Like, for example, um, you know, I was talking about the whole idol thing and, you know, seeing that it wasn't a golden calf. It was something that, you know, actually replaced him in my life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it practically hit me over the head, but I had, you know, made my job, my title 
an idol in my heart. God took all that away and showed me and opened my eyes and gave me his vision. And so, you know, entering my step study and he began guiding me lovingly through the path um, to deal with my past issues. And he didn't leave me there. Mm -hmm. He gave me the lifeline, Jesus, and celebrate recovery, accountability partners, my husband and my family to, to help take me through all of those past hurts and resentments and everything um, to heal. And so, you know, even when I went to jail for my DUI, I was there for seven days because I don't do anything halfway. I can't <laughs> involve in. Uh, so that in and of itself should be its own book, but it's actually a good section in the book. Um, but I read the entire New Testament for the first time in my life. I wrote pages upon pages of notes with this little bitty jail pen and unlined paper on my bunk in solitary confinement. Um, but it was the greatest experience of my life. Like, I can't wait for the opportunity to speak just about my seven days in jail. I'm serious. It was the most amazing thing because when I went in, I was a miserable, self-entitled brat. Mm. And I came out a broken, healed woman that had a completely different outlook. And and it all happened in a span of seven days. And Paul became my homeboy. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> but but I could not have made it without the foundation that I had started laying with CR and treatment and praying brothers and sisters, accountability partners and family members leading up to, you know, all of that happening. So I know that's a lot, but that's kind of me anyway. So <laughs> no, I love it. That's a lot of, a lot of awesomeness. That's what that's a lot of. Um, no, I know. I cannot wait. Um, to hear more about that. And, and I'm going to let you, you know, in just a second, my next question, talk a little bit more about the book that you referenced. Um, but I, uh, I just, a couple things that you said there that I want to point out, um, is the setback part, like, like just seeing how God often uses the setbacks, what we think are the absolute worst period in our life, um, <laughs> to, to, as a setup for his vision for us to actually come to fruition. You know, sometimes it takes that rock bottom experience, that jail for seven days, that end of a, of a toxic relationship, the, mm. um, whatever it may be in, in your life, it sometimes takes the most humbling experiences for us to get out of our own way and really allow God to do his greatest work in us. And it's like that verse, you know, right. in our weakness, he is strong. And it's when mm -hmm. we try to be strong, like we're missing it, we're missing it. And I've yeah. done that my whole life too. So I, I get that. And so I love that you said that. And then the idols, you mentioning the idols was great because the last, I don't even know how many episodes I've been talking about different idols, the idol of marriage, the idol of, of comfort, the idol of control, um, work and, um, health and, and wellness, even all the different. So we've been covering that in this podcast. So it's really cool that you mentioned, uh, because it's so easy uh, to have even good things like church, yeah. like ministry, like anything um, to be 
an idol, um, anything that takes the place of God for fulfillment in our lives. He's a jealous God. He wants that role for himself. Um, but for our good, he wants that role because he's the one that's going to bring the the most fulfilling fulfillment to us. And so I just love that you say that because I think it's easy to be in denial of about our (laughs) idols for a long time. So that's awesome. And yeah. what I was doing was good work. I right. mean, I I was I was helping create mental health court. I was prosecuting people to the fullest extent, keeping our county safe. I mean, I was doing really good work, mm-hmm. but I was making it all about me. I was and I, I was what I was doing was to the detriment of my family. Mm-hmm. And and it was all Like it was all focusing on the outward. I wasn't focusing on inward. Like I I wasn't working on my soul work. Um, And anything I was doing at church was just checking a box on a Sunday. Like I was not living the life that God wanted me to live. Everything was just for show. It was not deeper than that. And, and I'm, I'm ashamed of that because I was, I was very involved, very involved in my church. Um, but, but it was not, it it didn't go any deeper than that. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of people can relate to that for sure. Brenna, just doing the right things, but for the wrong reasons or the wrong motives. Um, I think a lot of people struggle with that because I think, you know, there's so much focus on performance and, um, standing out and having a big following and likes and this and that. And so we're all trying to like, Mm -hmm. you know, have a platform and it's very, very easy for that to get, uh, turned self-focused and, and, um, for a lot of us, I've struggled with that myself. So just thank you for your vulnerability and honesty there. Um, and so lastly, let's get to the good part here of <laughs> so from all of this, this seven days in jail, like the step study, the re the treatment, all the things that, that God brought you through, like, what is he doing in your life right now? Um, and going forward. Well, this is where I mess up my makeup and I'm very happy that we're on a podcast, <laughs> <laughs> um, because it's tears of gratitude, um, I, uh, as of today, I'm 604 days sober. Woohoo! Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I'm so grateful that I get to travel around middle Tennessee, celebrate recovery chapters, share my testimony. Um, in September, I traveled with a team from my church and long haul Baptist CR to Ireland and helped train the leadership of a recovery center how to implement the curriculum of CR into their recovery program. And while I was there, I got to share my testimony twice and love on the homeless in Dublin. Um, the, the ministry work that we did um, as far as implementing the curriculum was fantastic because the I think that after doing, trying, AA is fantastic. And if nobody has ever tried to get sober or even NA or something along those lines, if nobody's ever tried recovery, it's a great start. Mm -hmm. But if you're really wanting lifelong recovery and really getting at the root of your issues, getting into the step study and working a CR program is what I truly believe is going to do the best job of keeping you sober and implementing CR's materials into um, 
into the curriculum of a recovery program is just phenomenal um, to, to truly get at the root of those issues and doing it in a controlled environment, um, I think is instrumental. And so I really applaud Teaglin Recovery Center um, for, for, you know, breaking that ground and, and using this in their recovery. Um, but also as a result of the healing that God has brought into my life, um, I've really discovered my worth for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, I had very little self-esteem. I pretended that I did, but prior to entering recovery, I had very little self-esteem. And while it's still a daily walk, um, with my father God to remind myself that I am a daughter of the King, um, that self-awareness has led to my ability to ask for what I need, um, including help, um, approaching conflict resolution with love and compassion instead of with hostility and competition. Mm -hmm. I think it makes me a better attorney. It makes me a better wife. It makes me a better mom. Um, it just makes me a better person. Um, I feel like I, I do, I do better at being a human. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so I, I just, and, and I feel like when I was a teenager, I can vividly recall going to like a youth rally and I saw this woman standing on stage. I can close my eyes and I can still picture it like the, the gold proscenium, the black stage and this woman sitting on stage and she was talking and everybody was excited. And I can just remember thinking, I want to do that one day. That's what I want to do. Um, but it wasn't practical. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't the typical thing. And I didn't know how I didn't bother figuring it out. So I just backburnered it and never really discussed it. And um, but come full circle now, I'm working on um, writing a book, and I'm about sixty five percent finished with it. Wow. So in the spring of twenty three, I'm planning on releasing my first book. It's called Vision in the Valley. Um, it's a book that I hope will inspire a deeper faith and hope for those that who are wandering aimlessly in the wilderness of the valley of life. Um, you know, we often can see so clearly from the mountaintops, the skies are blue, the air is clear, the sun is shining, um, but the valleys are dark and the canopies from the trees are so thick that light can't break through. Um, the pathways are often unclear and very misguiding. But my book is about how I looked back through my life and I saw how God sustained me in all of my valleys. And when I was at my lowest and couldn't see and was lost and wandering blindly, um, God gave me his vision. And, you know, in 2022, January, my word for the year was revelation. I wanted God to reveal to me whatever. Like I just said, big black hole of 2022 out in front of me, just reveal whatever you've got planned. My goal was that open-ended. He waited all stinking year, (laughs) but mid-November, I finally saw 
the scales removed from my eyes and he revealed to me his sight. And for the first time in my life, I finally see the dots connect that how everything that I've been through, he is directing my path. And I feel that going forward, I, I feel that he is bringing me back around to standing on a stage, showing others to have a hope in him that to persevere through whatever they're going through, hold on to him and that he will see you through no matter what is you're going through, that he will light your path. He will direct your steps and that good can come through whatever you're going through. Oh man, what a beautiful, um, powerful uh, vision that is. And I just in listening to you and hearing your testimony the other night, and when you spoke, you're just a, a very gifted speaker. Um, and I cannot wait to see this, this, um, happen in your life and to read your book. Um, I will be definitely looking for that in the spring of 23. Um, and just to, I'm sure you'll be able to do like a deeper dive into everything that God has revealed, you know, to you. And it is such an inspiring message of hope. And I think that is truly what people need to hear. Like so many people wander around in those valleys in the dark, uh, hopeless and just, you know, they can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and so they need to hear this message of hope that God has done in your life. And so um, kudos to you for, you know, having the courage to 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 take that step forward and speak on a stage and proclaim um, his, his work in your life. You're not tooting your own horn, you're tooting his horn. And, and it's beautiful. Um, and the book too. So I, again, I would just encourage everybody listening to go to the show notes, just scroll down and check the show notes um, so that you can connect with Brenna on Facebook and Instagram. She has a blog. I'm going to put that in there, her email address in case you want to reach out to her. I'm sure she'd love to hear, hear from you. Um, if you have a story that's similar and, and just want to reach out to her and thank her. Um, so before we close, I'm just going to close this in prayer. Um, but again, Brenna, I just want to thank you so much for being here and sharing your amazing story with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I absolutely loved it. And hopefully after the book comes out, we can um, connect again. Yes, I'll definitely have you back on and we'll talk a little more in detail about the book specifically in the spring. So um, for sure. All right. Well, let me just close this in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you um, as always for just allowing our paths to cross. God, we know that there are no coincidences and that Brenna was uh, supposed to be here on this podcast to share her story. And I was supposed to meet her through CR, um, God, because I know there is someone listening, even if it's just one person listening um, that needed to hear her message of hope today, God. And I just pray that you would just speak to through her to so many women, especially Lord, to their hearts as they walk through their own valleys. And maybe they uh, are just hopeless and they don't see any light, God, and they um, have given up. I pray that as they hear her story, just a little bit of it today, God, that that would begin to open their eyes to uh, what you might be doing in their life that they just can't see yet and that they will just keep getting up and moving forward and keeping their eyes on you. Um, and we just thank you and praise you that 
Lord, you take our messages, our messes, and you make them into powerful messages that we can shine your light in the broken pieces and parts of our lives, God. You are so good to us, and we just give you all glory. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, friend, are you feeling stuck? Maybe in your relationship with God, yourself, or other people in your life? As a professional life and relationship coach, I can help you discover unhealthy patterns and mindsets that are holding you back from experiencing more fulfilling relationships and stepping into that God-sized calling on your life with confidence. You can email me at katie at anchoredinalways.com and be sure to check out my brand new website at anchoredinalways.com for more information and to book your 20-minute free discovery session with me today. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode and would like to connect and learn more, join our community on Facebook at Anchored in Always. I will put all of these links in the show notes for you. Lastly, I want to bring this message of hope and healing to as many hurting people as possible. So help me spread the love by sharing this podcast on your social media outlets. Please take a quick minute to subscribe and leave me a review. Thank you for anchoring in with me today. God bless you as you weather your storms.